be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport slash fnr. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, yes, it's that time of the week. Uh, George Denekin joining Lockie Flanagan in these studios in uh, downtown Docklands in Victoria, in Melbourne. And uh, interesting times. Uh, we've had a week of incredible rain and uh, it's caused... Uh, Pretty disastrous flooding to regional Victoria and uh, we're extraordinarily fortunate to see that our Joeys managed to get through <laughs> uh, last week when they qualified to um, to join the uh, elite pack for the AFC Asian Cup in Uzbekistan. Yeah, and well, I don't really want to be don't want to be glib about it or anything, but they they timed it perfectly oh. really like the i think it when was almost you consider a handful of days later what what happened has been that's right they, they were horrific. in shepparton uh, showcasing their wares and it was terrific to see the 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 joeys perform and deliver some tremendous results i thought their game against china was terrific when you consider the um the the competition that's been on offer uh, a, a pretty productive result a pretty positive result brad maloney would be uh Pump, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about the the Cambodia game. I remember a couple of weeks ago being potentially, you know, when they they played each other in in lower age groups. That team gave the the Joeys or that pack of of under sixteens who are now the Joeys quite a lot of trouble, and they dealt with them pretty easily. And then China. I mean, I, I spoke to to Josh Parrish, obviously an, an FNR alum, but also the the caller for the Joey's games during that tournament, and he said that so he, he was, saw he saw most of the games during the tournament. Yeah, I mean, he was there the whole time, and he was blown away with the professionalism, maturity, uh, and the maturity of of that 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 China team, particularly their their striker who's name at this present moment you. <laughs> escapes me but Josh told me that he thought he had that sort of world class ability so wow. to to have beaten them you know not soundly but you know i think it was 3-1 yeah, it's, it's a fairly comfortable scoreline it helps yeah. when china obviously go down to to 10 men in the the way that they did but yeah i think that's a great result and it's been very rare for australian national teams in recent times that uh, not only do we automatically qualify but we we do it with minimum fuss. So I can't remember that. I, I was the last just going to say that's happened to that's a, a very good point. A national make. team. We've had an awful lot of uh, critics, and uh, rightly so, uh, complain that um, they haven't seen the sort of growth and the sort of uh, vitality and uh, creativity shown by our junior sides. In fact, so many of them have played in a number of tournaments around the world, men and women, and uh, they've been. Um, uh, I, I won't say. Uh, uh, outclassed, but certainly outmaneuvered time and again. And I think one of the biggest criticisms I've heard, uh, and it didn't rear its head uh, on this tournament for one particular reason, because the boys kept winning, which was terrific. But um, one of the criticisms is we we don't seem to have those uh, mature thinkers uh, and playing with a style that fits the Australian uh, mentality. It seems to me what we're trying to play someone else's style of football, but it uh, 
But it appears, as Josh alluded to, and as the results show, that this young side uh, is filled with talent and there's a young man out of Adelaide that just continues to score goals. Um, yeah. He just has this appetite. Uh, and it's, is it a, you, you reckon it's in the DNA? Well, I mean, it, it must be. And <laughs> you know, Kunda, long, just, long, may it, long may it continue, to be yeah. honest with Are you. Are there any other younger members of the family coming through? Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I mean, I, I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope no, so. It's just, I really do. It's just wonderful stuff to to think that we've got um, uh, an incredible um, pipeline of talent uh, just around the corner. Um, we're seeing some other members of the family showcasing their wares. We've got another family that has already, uh, you know, started the season in outstanding fashion. Young Garen Quoll. Mm. Uh, we're seeing him uh, making his way. When when is he likely to make it? Is it January? Will yeah, it be the transfer it's, window it's January. when most of the so movement he's, happens. He's been with the the other the other Australian national team that's been playing recently. Of course, the, uh, the under twenties. I'm pretty yep. sure they've been playing yep. and scoring. Uh, I was going to say scoring goals. But I've only seen him score goal so far, but it was a very <laughs> good one against against India. It was almost so good it was worth two. Uh, but the the quals are not not the only family either. George, obviously, we've seen. Alhassan Toure have a very solid start to the A-League men's season. He had a, a starring role in the Australia Cup run that they went on. But yep. we know that uh, that Musa Toure, the youngest of those three brothers, 15-year-old, made his debut for Adelaide against Wellington. So, <laughs> yeah, there does seem to be a, a bit of a a pipeline within maybe... I, I, remember, I remember Graham Arnold, I think, once sort of jokingly was going on Ancestry.com. There was a joke flying yeah. around that he went on Ancestry.com to find players that he could naturalise. Yep. Maybe we just need to do that to just be like, oh, this player who's really well, good, do they have a younger brother? Well, do like they have him. a younger sister? <laughs> Is there some way we can sort of gamify this pipeline that we've got? We shouldn't laugh because all, those, all those are possibilities. The, the thing that I mean, really is, you know what's really exciting? I've been watching this game and following this game and playing this game for a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and once upon a time, it used to be, the Italian um, uh, families and their uh, children. Then it was the Greek families. The uh, then we saw a, a smattering of fabulous talent come out of the the Balkans and uh, wh- whatever they were, that whether they were Macedonian, whether they were Croatian, Serbian, uh, Montenegrin, the whole box and dice, and. They started playing uh, uh, in a number of different clubs in this country mm. and made their way to the very top. So we've been blessed the, uh, with wave after wave of immigration. We're, we've seen young starlets and stars make their way in. So this latest community, this, this the newest community to Australia, now seems to be bearing fruit. And some very talented, very exciting uh, talent as... Um, uh, appearing on our football pitches and making quite an impression. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the greatest sort of disappointment. I so I actually going to pitch an idea to you at the Go at the it. end of this this train of thought, George. I think the greatest shame where it relates to the the Toure and the the Quoll brothers. Yep. I think there's there's yep. one more Quoll than there is Toure's, <laughs> but. It, the problem is they play all the same position. If they if they were sort of oh, I see what if you're they saying. had if they had spread themselves sort of throughout the park, like say Alu decided he was actually better served as a right back or as a defensive midfielder, we could have had 
potentially nearly an entire 11 of national team <laughs> players or Socceroos, best case scenario, uh, split between Maybe two families. Maybe we should just blame their family. Okay, so here's my, here, <laughs> here's my idea. I, I put this out into the, onto the internet. Into the like, cyberspace, uh, into, yes. I, I think it was during the Central Coast, one of the Central Coast games in the last couple yep. of weeks. Yep. Surely, we've got the, the World Cup break coming up. There might be a bit of time where there's there's not a lot going on. Or maybe <laughs> maybe the end of the season we had the All-Stars game. Where are you we, going with this? We were trying to do something a bit different. Well, we've got these two prominent, talented footballing families a number of whom from both families are playing football in the A League or have played football in the yes. A League. We've got, we've got spit it out. We've got Lockie. the we've got the Toure's. Yeah, go for it. So we have the three Toure brothers. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah, Al Hassan, Mo, and Musa Toure. Yeah, all of them have played for Adelaide. Some yep. of them have gone on now. Yeah, and then we have the Qual family. So we have Garang Alu Teng, who has been hasn't. I don't think he's made his senior debut. Just yet, yet. but he's been doing quite well in the Mariners Academy. And then the youngest is is Didi, who's I think now I've heard has maybe gone across to the Mariners too. (laughs) Can we have a 3v3 game? Yep. You know, bring – I know that Mo is, I think, think in France with with Reims. Can we just bring him back for just one game, (laughs) just have a little three-on-three? It could be like half – if we have another All-Stars game. Yep. It could be like the halftime entertainment. Well, here's Qualls my... versus versus Toure's, a family versus family. I don't mind it. Here's my thought to you. Okay. Go and find a sponsor. Okay. And we we were talking about. I'm more of an ideas. I'm I know, more of an I ideas know. man. I, I was thinking. I was thinking along those lines in that we can't have an all star game at the moment mm-hmm. during this period because so many of them we would be uh, out of commission or not allowed to play. But this would be a very interesting exercise. And because of the format, it might fit beautifully. And speaking of formats, we've got a special guest joining us very, very shortly. Yes. So um, let's let's get across to that. But I'll I play with that idea. Not a bad one at all. So you want a special game pitched so that these youngsters can play off against one another in a bit of a what would you call it exhibition. Yeah, an ex- an exhibition match. Okay. I mean, right. look. So the, who's going to coach? I don't think you need a coach. It's, oh, what, do you, let, I don't, let let nature fit I mean, the bill. Let the some, dads, some, let some, the dads or the mums get out there. And uh, yeah, call I mean, the shots. So, someone internal to the to the team, I guess, can yeah. can decide oh. to be like a captain coach. I mean, five aside, you you very rarely, if ever, have a manager. It's usually well, don't say things like that. It's usually the most vocal of futsal, the people within. There are your, futsal coaches out there that will. Come after you, okay? But I'm talking that's that's a higher level <laughs> yeah. than an exhibition game, you know. Right. Okay, I, I don't know. I think okay, that's one a... to ponder, and one to put to one side for the time being, because okay. we've got a special guest joining us. And tonight's uh, State of Our Football Nation program, of course, proudly brought to you by the GIS, which is the Global Institute of Sport, which you seem to be very excited about. Well, I am. I mean, every time I have a you know every time someone comes to us and says they want to support FNR I'm always very interested in what they have to do but I think they're providing in a, an approach GIS that not a lot of people are doing is sport specific postgraduate qualification so they're all online they're they're short term so you can have this degree in a really short space of time the one that's quite interesting to me which we've we've talked about before is the uh, the masters I think it's of uh, football uh, football coaching and analytics 
See, I, I'm, a, I'm an analytics man. Yeah, I, I know. You're, I, like you're, to, li- I like to think data, that I... Un- you're data-driven, I like you? to think that I understand the game. It would be great to have a postgraduate qualification that proves... So you can throw the numbers up that to validate I that your argument is more substantive than mine. Is that what the, you're saying? It was like Marcus Babel asked that journalist <laughs> once, do you understand the game a bit? I would love to be able to hold up the piece of paper and say, yes, thanks oh, to GAS. I do understand the game. Controversial. I do understand Do you know, I reckon our... our First guest uh, understands the game, I would and say, in fact, almost she's certainly that's she's she's at that part of the game at the moment where she loves to find ways to confuse defences and make an impact. In other words, she's one of those players who loves to score goals. Uh, in fact, she likes it so much. Brisbane Raw have um, decided to bring her back to the club. She's had one run with the club before, a couple of years ago and uh, been playing in the NPL competition in Queensland and also in New South Wales for yeah. Apia. So New South Wales most recently. This will be, a, I think, a second straight season with, with Brisbane Raw. She yeah. had a, a good sort of uh, prolonged run in 2021-22, in obviously in and amongst all the sort of change fixtures and everything. Grabbed a couple of goals, but yeah, she really had a, a standout season with, uh, with Apia Leichhardt and the New South Wales NPL where I think Pretty sure they finished premiers. And Apia have a reputation and have had uh, of being able to put men's and women's teams onto the onto yeah. the pitch. Well, I mean, they are truly competitive and play a really attacking style of football. Their their women's team on on <clears throat> paper was one of the best I've ever seen at NPL level. I, New That's South Wales cool. is is generally considered to be the strongest women's NPL competition, and I think it's hard to argue that their their squad was pretty much composed of players who either were active contracted A-League women's players, yep. former A-League women's players, or players that off the back of their performances for, for Arpia, someone like a, a Claudia Chico, who's now at uh, at Wellington off the back of her performances as a young defender for Arpia, uh, who have gone on. So it's a star-studded side. I mean, there's Princess Abini. Yep. You've got, I mean, she was playing for the Matildas while playing at Arpia. So you've got Shay Connors... That's course. right. Yes, and Connecticut Riala, born. Riala, yep. Rihanna Policina as well. There's there's a host of uh, now Policina's come back and back playing Melbourne for City. Melbourne City. Melbourne City, yes. Melbourne City is putting together uh, a crop of uh, young women who are going to, I think, make a uh, a dent and a con- and uh, play some attacking football under uh, Radovidic. And um, I think um, I think we might see City go pretty close this year. They they don't like giving too much away to victory. And especially in the very week where there's another derby just around the corner, how are you coping with that? Are you you um, involved in any of the uh, goings on 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 uh, the derby day at Amy Park? I'm very I'm very detached from oh, detached from derby day. Well, not de- detached in the sense that I don't have a horse in the race when it <laughs> comes to when it comes to derby days. I, I just like to these days. I like to just enjoy. You don't the, have a horse in the race, no, George. I'm You've a, given up your Melbourne City I'm an, allegiance. I'm an A-League enjoyer. That's, that's an what A-League I A-League enjoyer. Hearts, heart, heart of Midlothian fan. I support Hearts. That's my team wow. in Scotland. I'm an A-League enjoyer. Okay, I love them so, all equally. So <laughs> I've said to you before, this is a wonderful place to be, mm. but come match time, for those 90 minutes, you should be able to put your allegiance in one side of the bin. 
No, of course, uh, but I, I just don't feel like there's a, a. I don't feel at the moment like there's a team that's pulling me significantly Drawing in one direction you. or the other. Wow. So I just want the A League to be strong, and I want all teams to to do. Well. I just want everyone to have a fun time doing. No, I want them to play good, good, entertaining football as well. Um, but I think hopefully that's what we'll get. Uh, and my own detachment from who I want to win in this game seems to be pretty secondary to what's actually going on because the the ticket sales uh, seem like they've been pretty strong for yeah, this game. Yeah. There's sort of talks of, I don't think it's a confirmed sellout yet, but talks that it's getting into get, that I, facility. I always, I always get very uppity when I hear the word sellout thrown out there. Yeah, It's not a sellout until every seat in the stadium is filled. And it's been a little while since every seat, or just about every seat, was sold at Amy Park. That's true. And I think well, I was there the last time when it was absolutely packed to the to the rafters. The 18,000 figure that Victory got last week in that game against Western Sydney, which was a you know brilliant atmosphere, Terrific. that was, I think, their highest crowd since the pandemic. You know so, you played a huge hand in Victory's demise last week. How so? You pumped up the special guest, young Calum Neuenhoff, oh, who, yeah. was, who worked for us on Thursday night, and he sounded very relaxed, very ready, very mature to take on victory. And we, remember, he said to us, they're pumped and they're ready to go. We inflated his tyres a little bit Did too we much, not? George, Did he? He, was just... he, came out, he came out and bossed that game. Yeah. Did I, you imagine that was going to be the case? Well, I, I, I mean, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from, from Callum Neuenhoff so far. He's got a really brilliant positional intelligence. He's always trying to make things happen on and off the ball. Not arguing with you, but remember he's come back from a horror injury. Yeah, of course. I so think that makes that, what he did that all makes the more doubly, impressive. Doubly, yeah, doubly impressive yeah. because he's managed to get that, that negativity out of the system mm. and he looked like he was business, all business. Yeah, but that game was a really in- intriguing one. A lot of people referred to it as, as though it was a, a Wanderer's smash and grab, no, no, no. they sort of no, batten no, no, down the hatches. But no, I thought no. that midfield in area in particular... They worked hard. I thought they really controlled the game in yeah. in that third of the park and the movement that we saw from from Ewanhoff, his, his willing to, willingness to sort of take up pockets of space yep. to the, provide the a passing was option, to carry it? the ball forwards, yep. to get yep. back and do the dirty work. We saw that kind of... Rugby tackle he did in the second half. Uh, where, sorry, is it a rugby tackle or a league tackle? It's probably so if, more if he, of a if he league took, tackle. Yeah, I was it was say. less. It was less gruff. Wasn't correct, it? correct. But that's correct. the like. I know some people have very strong opinions about those sorts of challenges and what mm. kind of a place they serve in their game. Uh, they they serve one place, either yellow card or a red card. Yeah, depending. I mean it was it was a challenge that he needed to make it wasn't malicious like <laughs> no. it's actually i think displays a, a maturity beyond his years to know that i've just got to cop the card here no no i think he has that precious ingredient that we speak of mm. but we don't make too public a, 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 a thing about it because it's it's currently not that fashionable and mm. it's called mongrel and you no need it. With that. You need it. It's that fire. It's that. It's that desire to make sure that it's you or your opponent. Yeah. And in this case, you want to emerge at the top. And uh, that, to me, was very much on show. And I thought victory. Uh, we're going to. I thought victory. We're in a, 
classic position to deliver and get the results. But uh, they were outmaneuvered. Uh, they weren't disgraced. And I'll tell you what, they'll be fiercely hungry to make sure that come the weekend, they not only take on the undefeated Melbourne City, but they spank them. Mm. The wonder, I'm, the wonder is really lifted up circled, highlighted and pointed, you know, tapped the rest of the league on the shoulder as to the the, the chink in the armour that Victory have got this season. You know, if you're if you're able to, to get the lead before they do and you're very defensively organised, you don't give them a lot of space to to create and gaps in behind, it's you can suffocate them. You yeah. can negate their their potent attack and you can't help but wonder to what extent City are going to factor how Saturday night, last Saturday night, panned out for victory. Mm. What were the circumstances that led to their defeat? And wonder how much of City or how much of what happened that night do City plan to incorporate into the game this weekend? I don't think it'll necessarily be that much, but I think they would do well to, to heed the warnings of the last time these two sides played, which was a game where Melbourne City tried to dominate the ball and victory hit them on the break. They lost 3-0. It was a pretty comprehensive defeat that night. Yeah, they did. I think they could go a lot worse or do a lot worse than trying to incorporate some of the elements that the Wanderers used to victory's disadvantage. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that the game against Sydney the week before might have come back and, and hurt victory in that there was an awful... A run of emotion, mm-hmm. and they, they might have spent some and not been flat, but didn't quite have the same hunger because they were ferocious in Sydney in dreadful conditions. They were never going to give that game away. And we saw a classic contest that people are still talking about that, that saw Sydney and victory at their brand new ground go for it. Yeah. And it was exhilarating to watch. Um, it uh, it excited people, and and this is what we want to see week in week out. We want to see at least one, two, three games. Uh, I'd love to see all of the games provide that sort of excitement. But <laughs> the way it is at the moment, it's not quite the case. But we're hoping that this derby coming up between Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory on Saturday at Amy is a thriller. Absolutely, uh, and I want uh, both sides to go at it hammer and tong. Uh, you can tell that the coaches are uh, ready. Tony saying absolutely nothing. Patrick Kisnorbo saving all his bullets for tomorrow morning with a presser to uh, the media. Well, let's see what that has involved with it. I'd love for him to do it today mm. or even yesterday. Give us two or three days to sizzle with the commentary, but clearly to, they're... To, to, be, to be fair, they're, they're both, both coaches who keep their cards pretty close to their chest. Yeah, sp- well, mm, I don't think they're necessarily the most open with what they plan. We need to get in there and shake them up, I think. Possibly, possibly. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to shake up Patrick as Norbert necessarily. No, I'm his, happy. His, his I'm arms happy. are quite big. Oh, I might no, leave that to right. you. No, no. I've known him since he was 16. <laughs> he's all right. He's, he, can, he can look ferocious, but he's a, he's a really good guy, really good guy. Mm. And he's had a lot, lot to do, and he's matured and developed um, and continues to develop. Um, they've given him every opportunity to uh, be as good a coach as he can be. He's been schooled through the city process and we're seeing most of their coaching uh, along those lines. We, we saw, of course, uh, Ange Postacoglu, 
join the city group and look after Yokohama, mm. uh, Marinos, and we're seeing Kevin Musket uh, doing a similar sort of thing. Uh, and now we're seeing Patrick. wonder what the next step is for Patrick. Is it, is it a case of, again, being able to bring this team and have it deliver another championship, another uh, premiership? What do you think? I mean, I think there's some, I think there's some pressure on her. Oh, sorry, on him. Sorry to to, to deliver this season. You know, mm. to to. I thought he delivered last year. They were first past the post. They lost the grand final. That's that's true. Uh, some would say that they did it in in a way that maybe wasn't as convincing. They did. You win the premiership. You win the premiership. Yeah, they, I mean, they didn't beat. The top, they didn't beat another side in the top four until the final series. Uh, you only have to win when you have to win. That's true, but in a league where you've inevitably you've got a final. I system, think you're over analysing this. Uh, I'd love to have some stats now to throw at you. <laughs> I, I, w- I wish you did. I'd, now, I'd love our to special be able guest. To, have we lost her? I think we're we're still waiting for for Shay to okay. to jump on. Shay Connor from um, uh, the Brisbane Roar is yes. our special guest. We were hoping that she'd be joining us by now. I'm just wondering if um, uh, there's been a problem and um, we need to sort it up. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, see if we have our special guest joining us. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Whenever I hear the word Lanco Group, I think of Tony Yuriavis. And uh, the team at Lanco, if you have uh, something that needs attending to, an engineer that knows their way, they're great problem solvers, reach out to them. The Lanco Group and Tony Yoriadis. Uh, by the way, you're talking about uh, State of Our Football Nation, and uh, as it is and has been for the last couple of weeks, uh, proudly brought to you by the GIS Global Institute of Sport, which has some new campuses in this country, in Sydney and, of course, in Melbourne. And um, the one and only Lockie Flanagan has put his hand up. I think he's wanting – what is it? You want a master's and football, anali- football coaching and analysis. A master's oh. in football coaching and analysis. Of course, I'd have to complete my undergraduate degree first. That is a pretty important prerequisite well, 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 of any well, postgraduate let me, study. Let me put you through your paces. Let's get this in there and let's this see what we can come with. <laughs> well, this is the joy of working in broadcasting. Um, we've got a very – Busy round of A-League men's. Indeed we do. We are about a month away from watching the Liberty Women's League start. Yeah. You excited? I, I am. whole bunch of new players. Honestly. New teams, new competition. Can I be completely Go on. honest with you, All right. with you, George? Yes. I would say that my excitement, and, I, and I, there are some reasons for it, but some of it is also just a, a general vibe or a feeling that I can't yes. quite put into words. I think my excitement level for the A-League men's season starting would have been at around a seven and a half, an eight. Yeah, there you right. Go. I was looking, for, I was okay. looking forward to it, okay. but maybe with some potential, you know, trepidation. For the Liberty, for A-League women's season, women's, it's a nine. It's it's a nine. I'm so excited. I don't know why. What specific reason it is? World Cup. Looming. That's what it is. World Cup year. Every player, let me just jump Mm. in here. No, go for it. Every young player, every player in this year's women's um, uh, A-League competition, Mm. if, if if they really dream about playing football at the highest level, 
they are going to be auditioning to play a role in the Whoa. Matildas campaign, yeah, you on. would hope, come the World Cup next year. Yeah, absolutely. Nine months away it's, or thereabouts. It's going to be... It's going to and be, I'd be wanting it. Of course. It's going to be tough because, obviously, Tony Gustafsson has already said... Like, with the caveat that you making any World Cup... You the door down every week... Tony Gustafsson and others will be watching. He, he said that the, the squad they've got now is, is largely where they're going to stick with, but we've seen a lot of injuries, and if anyone's playing so well... I've got a question for you. ...to the point where they make themselves undeniable... How many teams are we case. going to have in the new W League competition? Well, we're going to have an extra one this season. Yes, how we? many are we going to have? I think it's uh, it would be 11. Okay. How many goalkeepers in those squads? Well, 20. 11 potentially, right? There'll be more, but 11, straight up, Okay. We have not, in my opinion, found the next Matilda goalkeeper yet. No, I think that's fair. We haven't. What I've seen on display has been good. But for me, I want to see someone rip the house down. I want to see someone absolutely elevate themselves and show me poise under pressure, uh, no flapping, Come out for the ball, claim the goal area, claim the penalty zone as yours. Mm. Now, if I see that in a young woman or a young goalkeeper, I'm going to anoint them. And that's what's got to happen. And I put it to you that if you, if you believe you are the best in your team or the best in your, in your area, we'll make it happen. Put your hand up and say to yourself, I want to be in the Matilda squad. Yeah. And if you knock the house down every week, and I mean – even if, you, if your side gets beaten and you, you put on a show, um, I'm going to be, you know, p- pushing and promoting you at every opportunity because I don't think we have one yet. We haven't got someone in there that I feel absolutely um, have enormous faith in when we're playing against those really clever sides from Europe and the Americas where they, they dink, they, they hit the ball with with power, and they're up here, always trying to intimidate us with everything else. I need a goalkeeper for the Matildas, or a couple, in fact, yeah, um, who are going to be locks for the position because the current duo or three that are up there, uh, McKenzie, really good young keeper, um, um, uh, the Melbourne City keeper who's been the national keeper. Melissa Barbieri? No, not, Bia, not, not Barbieri. Um, Willi- Lydia Williams. Lydia Williams. Uh, she, has, she has her days. And, and, yeah. and, and I've, unfortunately, with the World Cup, you've got to play nine out of ten every, every game. There can't be dips in form. And, and I think technique is absolutely essential. So that's why I think the... A-League women's this year, the Liberty uh, competition, which starts uh, midway through next month? Yeah, I think it's November 16th, November 17th. 19th. Okay. November 19th right. is the, right. the start date. And one of the other reasons I'm excited about the season, George, not just yeah. the presence of a, a new club in the competition, which I think always gets me excited, gets, gets me excited and, and as, a, as a byproduct of it being Western United, having a few more NPL Victoria women's yep. players making a step up to the competition – but it's also the fact that we'll have a new format of broadcasting the A-League women's as distinct from the A-League men's this season. We've seen the announcement of, of 
you know, the sort of uh, magazine sort of concurrent program where the, the simultaneous kickoffs will be covered by a goal rush style content offering in addition to the the regular streams of, of the matches. So I Are think we getting an all-access pass? Are we likely to see what we're seeing for the men, which, by the way, was pretty was pretty good? I would imagine. I would imagine that that will comprise the series of all access documentaries. But I would say, with a more relaxed format, um, you know, with a, a sort of having to be across a number of different games, you're probably going to see a bit more. Have you seen the latest uh, the latest uh, messaging from um, the the league as well for sixteen and under? Yeah, they can enter the, the Liberty Pass. The Liberty Pass. Uh, explain it for those that haven't caught up with it. Well, I think it's any person under the age of sixteen who's a registered footballer can yep. attend if they register for at a, any of the grounds. Liberty Pass. They can go into any uh, Liberty A League game or A League women's game free of charge. No, no. Well, I say no questions asked. There might be some questions asked. Are you yeah, under sixteen? We, we want to see can your you ID. That you're under sixteen. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, you can get in get in free of charge. With that, I think is by the way. A great if, you, if you showcase, if you show me a, a driver's license, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> that's big a problem. Learner's, learner's permit. You, you're just sneaking in. Uh, no, sixteen and nine months, isn't it? Yeah, but you can be seventeen and be on your learners. You can be eighteen and be on your learners. Anyway, let's not get bogged down in the technicalities. I think that's the fundamental reason why I'm excited for the Ailey women's competition more than I was for the men's starting, even though I was excited for that too, is the A League women's is shaping as a, a a season where there's going to be an expansion of ideas. What can we do with the way we broadcast the competition, yep. the way we present yep. things? Yeah, yeah. And Paramount f- Plus, Channel 10, uh, Bold, and, um, and uh, also the 10Play platforms will be uh, warehousing and showcasing yeah. All of the games, but yeah, and so we're, no excu- but we're getting no excuses. Some, we're getting some experimentation with how these things will be broadcast, and I think the more innovation we have, even if it even if it tries and and doesn't work out as well as might have yep. been intended, I think yep. more innovation in Australian football rather than less is a is a very strong thing. Whereas compared to the A League men's, I pretty much knew that what I was given as a viewer, as a consumer last year, was pretty much the same as what I'm getting this season. There, right. there hasn't really been. Much changed. There's been a few extra offerings from the APL, not from Paramount specifically, yeah. but this addition of this extra goal rush style program is a pretty significant shift in approach. Have, have we not? Uh, have you not enjoyed the uh, the the, um, the Monday night offering with Simon Hill? No, you, you, you're you're twisting my words. There. Ah. That that did exist in the back end of the season. The if you're referring to, to round ball rules, that, yes. that did exist last season at the end of the year. At the end of the year. I've enjoyed that, but but I'm talking about the, the packaging of the, the actual games themselves here and, and the fact that it the early women won't be on, on bold, but it will be uh, on 10 play every game. So anyone can watch Correct. the competition. Correct. Yeah. That's, uh, that's been a, um, a, a plus for me, watching how they've made subtle shifts. The, the one thing that I want to see from Paramount Plus is that platform have uh, pause and uh, rewind. Yes. If you can give us that, that's a big step up. I might, I might add to you that there are a number of other platforms that we use these days that don't provide that, and I don't hear the, 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 uh, the infernal or the internal uh, um, complaints that I'm hearing 
for the football, but that's that's probably the audience as I well. I think they're pretty just. I mean, I think they're pretty justified complaints. Personally, I think my biggest complaint last year was, of course, getting home after the game and wanting to see the replay, wanting and to then see the having replay, to, and having but, to wait till the next also, day. But people who are, are parents have got to turn up half an hour later to something. They've got to watch the game on delay. Someone who's just come back from work. There are plenty of people who will be working during games and they don't want to watch from the 30th That's minute mark and have it yep. spoiled for yep. them. They want yep. to go back to the start. Yeah. No, no. Oh, it's one of the best things about, slightly different, but it's one of the best things about, if you're not a morning person, for example, yes. and you've got a slew of 6.45 kickoffs in the in the Premier League. Or Europe, the Champions League. Or Europe. I can go on so to... So Stan and Optus provide both. I can go on to Stan both. or Optus. Yep. And if I'm waking up at 8 and the game's got 15 yeah. minutes left to go... Yeah. I don't have to watch the final 15 minutes. I can go... We're going to have to check with SBS. Are they going to be offering mini games as well? You would hope so. You would 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 think with the number of games on offer, especially, they're going to be uh, some games, uh, you know, that are physically impossible to watch at the same time. So you'll have to have uh, an an array. I wonder, will we won't have a gold rush during the World Cup, will we? I think there oh, will be a goal rush, though. Enough, <laughs> I don't think there's enough simultaneous kickoffs. So here's a question without notice. Sure. Does Neymar get to play for Brazil? Or does he spend the World Cup in court? On what grounds? Uh, huge fraudulent claims that have been brought up against him and I, his family. I must say I'm not familiar with those claims. You um, need to get out more. Yeah, that's, that's a good lesson just unrelated <laughs> to that piece of news. Um, so, stab in the dark. Do you think Neymar presents well and leads Brazil to possibly another World Cup? I mean... Successful World Cup campaign? If, or if, does he spend the time in court? If he's a convicted fraudster, then no, he shouldn't be at the no. World Cup. But if not... Yeah. Sure. Um, I think Brazil would be better. I mean, they're probably one of the favourites for the tournament, so to lose Neymar would be a pretty pretty big blow. They've got some talented players, I guess, waiting in the wings. Absolutely. You've got that Let's sort of get back to the A-League and the, the games coming up this weekend. Sure. We've touched on, you know, lightly on the uh, the derby, the Melbourne derby. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, I know that you don't have any allegiances anymore, so, you know, be brutal. Call it, because I'm going to hold it up against you next week. Well, it's a... It's a it's a tough game to predict. I think it's it's victory's home game. Yeah, it's a victory home game. It's and they're snarling because they lost last week. They are. So it's, is it's, that enough to get them over the line this week? It's not an ideal lead up time for them by any any stretch. But I think they will be buoyed by the last time these two sides played one another. Okay, victory pretty comprehensively had City's number with the way they set up. And yep. to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think that. I don't think Tony Popovich's approach to how he, the broad brushstrokes will change concepts of what he wants to do, no change too much. No Gamulka for City. Yeah, and that that creates an interesting conundrum He's, as to he serves only a one match suspension. Well, there were some I, I people thought, who I thought, thought a straight. It, I thought a straight red gives you three. I think, I don't think it's automatically three. I think it's three if it's your first red card offence, and it ah. also de- depends on what the red card is. I mean, we saw Jordan Elsie have his second yellow to create a red card upgraded to a straight red and he's now serving a two-match suspension. Right. So I think the severity sort of plays into it and everything. Did you saw the Gamulka challenge? Yeah, but I think one one match is fair. Would you, give when it, you, would you give it a yellow or a red? 
I could. I think red was a fair call. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think it was a fair call. Jeez. Just remind me that if we have a corporate uh, uh, football night or a football afternoon, that we don't get you to uh, do any of the refereeing. No, I'd much rather do the playing, so that suits right. me just fine. Well, and what position would you play again? Uh, anywhere that isn't goalkeeper. <laughs> and there, there's no opportunity. Right. There's no opportunity for fullback in. Uh, Last in time side, I so. spoke to young Van Nisselrooy, who's the. Um, uh, Brenton Van Nisselrooy, who's the Wellington Phoenix um, uh, PR guy, he said yes. to me, we'd love to do an interview on FNR's State of Our Football Nation, but we're, we've got the team flying in from New Zealand because they can these days. It must be very strange for them to be actually at home and having to fly to Australia now to play an away game. There's probably some They haven't had to do of, it for two or three years. There's probably some flashbacks going on. Like, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to fly back to Australia because <laughs> the last time I did it, I we couldn't stay, get out for get a very out. long yeah, time. Yeah. So but, who, what are your thoughts? Who do they play this week? Well, they've got Newcastle Jets, so it's one of the Saturday 5 p.m. Yeah, kickoffs. So Arthur Pappas. Have, has he stopped jumping around? After that late goal last <laughs> week that, that enabled the Jets to to claim the points, I, I saw him doing a dance there that I, I thought was beyond him. I Clearly, it, it's not anymore. I thought it was a justified dance. I thought <laughs> because you know Newcastle Jets showed something that I don't think they've they've shown a lot of what, an ability to score goals. No, not an ability to score goals, but an ability to win when they weren't at their best. I don't yeah, think that was yeah, yeah. I don't think they gave a an terrifically, incredible terrifically taken goal. Yeah, it it was it was brilliant the finish from from Mikkel Tadze to to seal it. But I don't think Jets have have they gave a, an amazing account of themselves in that okay, game. Okay, so, so Newcastle Jets out a result. up against the Wellington Phoenix. I think George, honestly, that this is a a sleeper agent for best game of the weekend, like most entertaining game wow. of the weekend. You don't normally throw this out there, no. like best. You save best for very special occasions. So you're th- you're thinking the derby, the Melbourne derby, is going to be a fizzer. I uh, no, I'm. Yeah, you're, you're willfully misinterpreting my words here, George. I'm being commercial. Just because I say one, <laughs> just because I say one. Anyway, I don't think it's going to be. I think it will be the best spectacle of the round. All right. by far, okay. it might have the most drama of the round. But I think the most, I think the Wellington Newcastle game has the potential to be the most. And I'm happy to be wrong about this. Yes, because I'm going to the Derby. I'm not going to be in Newcastle, but, but I, think, I think it has the the, the the potential to be the most engaging footballing contest of 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 the round. You know, Newcastle, okay. as we Give know, me a score. I think I win, lose, or draw. I gave my prediction on the Oz Football Hour earlier this week. I think I said three two Wellington. Wow, I'm gonna stick with that. Okay, I think there'll be goals. So, despite the fact that you've pumped up the tyres for Newcastle Jets. You think Wellington have got the goods? Well, they've I got didn't, enough I didn't finish as, in them. I didn't get as much of a chance to pump up the tyres of Wellington, but I think they've had a very solid start to the season. They probably should have had a, a win to their name. They've played pretty well. Some of the players they brought in have had a really solid start. Yansas is obviously the, the exception to that, but Yugarkovic has been brilliant in the couple of games he's played at the base of the Wellington midfield. I'm really impressed by what they've done so okay. far. And so I have a lot of Wellington faith in, to edge out... The uh, the Jets in yeah, a in a I think thriller. It, I think in it a could thriller go, that could yeah. be the game of the weekend. I think it could go all right. the way. 
next game. Go through the, the schedule for us. Okay, so we've we've covered. Let's go back to the start it, okay. because the the opening game of the round I think is is a really important one. Tomorrow, yeah, it's Western United at Amy Park <sighs> up against MacArthur FC, seven forty five p.m. kickoff. Okay, so one. okay, before we go any further, mm. Western United have ha- not had the start they have been looking forward to. No, I think that's I think that's putting it lightly. It's almost been a. I mean, they'd lose this game as well. I think it'd be a nightmare start. They haven't had the full squad that played in the grand final for a, a number of reasons. Um, is that that must be impacting? Surely. Well, absolutely. I think you got the cutting edge uh, striker who hasn't been able to play. Mm. You had Lacroix, who had as poor a game as I've seen him play in Australia. Well, he's been able to play, but the problem is he hasn't been playing like he's able to. Correct. 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 So, uh, so how does Johnny Aloisi? Uh, find a way to provide them with with that necessary spark that gets them over the line. Who do they play? It's a yeah, they play Macarthur. Okay, oh gee, it's a it's a really tough one because because Macarthur's going to be looking to get to gain uh, a big foothold in the competition yeah. with three points. And can they do it? And John Aloisi has confirmed that Alex Prijevic won't play in this game. I think he has a, an ongoing toe problem. I understand. Oh, I'm not sure the specifics of it, but yep. That he, what you don't want is plantar, plantar fasciitis. Yeah, but yeah. You, you can't really fill an Alex Prijevic-sized hole with any of the, quite in the same way with any of the options that okay. Western United have got. And that's not to say that the other options they have are bad. It's just that there's not really anyone with the physical, technical profile to, to do everything that Prijevic can give to that side. The good news for them is is that Diamante is back in the match day. Big call. He's back in the in the squad, the, the round, you know, the match day squad, but he's back in contention to be selected. Okay. You wouldn't expect him to start, but maybe to play a, a, a big part role so off the bench. So you're thinking uh, off the bench impact player? Yeah. But but even he doesn't doesn't provide that or can't provide that that privilege like presence. Well, you know, he's a very different player. On the park. Totally, totally. More creative rather than a, a finisher in that regard. I, th- I think I think what what version of... Western United we see. Well, not even Western United. I think you could make it as simple as what version of Leo Lacroix is there on Friday night really goes a long way to deciding this this encounter. Because the, the young late striker that came on uh, in the dying minutes of the game against City and scored... Um, Milanovic. Yeah, he seems to be one out of the box. He's played twice. He scored two goals in his A League career. That's not a bad strike rate. Yeah, well, he's played two. He's played <laughs> two games to start the season, scoring off the bench in both in that game against against City. Of course, he's interesting proposition. He is a. He is a. I, I've been told that. Do he, you keep feeding him? I I wonder if he could be in line to to start in this game. Perhaps I think they've tried. Dylan Wenzel Hall's up front as the as the mm. I guess first choice when Prijevic is not available, so the second choice. Uh, but I don't but think Dylan Wenzel Hall seems to be the ideal sort of player to to Prijevic. He's he's this guy foil. that yeah the, the the lovely foil. He mm. he picks up the all the little pieces the the dregs from the big man. Yeah, and he's also uh, had a the, a, the crumbs. Some would say he, I don't want to call him a crummer though. He's also had a couple of chances in in games, good chances that he hasn't been able to take. He had uh, a glorious one, I think, when the game was still... Early on. I think it was either still at nil nil all or Western had just taken a 1-0 lead and he was played through by Lockie Wales with this beautiful ball and just wasn't able to, 
to find the finish in the end. There might have been a body in the way, but Milanovic has, has come off the bench and done really well. He's had a really strong preseason. I, I, would like, I would like to see him start. Um, or Weston. I, th- I still think MacArthur. I'm going to go for a draw. I just think this is tomorrow night's game at yeah, Amy. I'm going to say draw. Okay. I just think that as bad as they've been to start the year, mm-hmm. and they've got their injury concerns, and the players they've got missing do make a big difference. Right. I just think this Western United squad is still on paper too good to be a side that loses their opening three games of the season. Two things we don't do: we don't play, we don't play on paper, and we don't play grand final replays unless they're in the grand final. Okay. No, it's Premier's v Champions. Exactly right. Okay, so Friday night you're going for the MacArthur Bulls to pull an upset. No, I've said I've said draw. You I'm said a draw. For, I'm going for a draw. I okay, think. I'm saying I'm, okay. I'm saying the Bulls. I think that's the fair. Edge, I, edge it out. I think that's the fair and logical okay, prediction. Okay, next game. The other Saturday 5pm kickoff, we talked about Newcastle-Wellington before, but Western Sydney mm. are hosting Brisbane Raw, who have been in the headlines can for I, can all I the just, wrong reasons. Oh yeah, this, that's uh, true, but can I also say... This is the uh, this time last year, Josh Parrish was in your seat, and and he was saying to me how moved he was, how excited he was by by Moon's contribution and by his coaching, and by what he was offering for the um, um, the early moments of the Brisbane Raw campaign, and from the moment those words left Josh Parrish's mouth, that's that side has been on the downhill. Um, at a rate, I, it's almost unbelievable. I'd beware the Josh Parrish curse. No, yeah, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to stick. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, putting it to you. To be fair, I'm not going to. St- from that day, they have been going. They're uh, downhill skiers at the moment. To be, to be fair, George, I'm not going to stick the blame totally on Josh because I was I was buying into the very same hype train that he was at the start. <laughs> but to be honest, to be honest, I I don't think that what we're seeing from Brisbane at the moment is a problem totally of okay. of Warren Moon's making. And Charlie I think what happened- Austin, can he lift them out of the mire, out of the doldrums, out of this flat spot, which, which really confused me. Last week I was watching, and normally when City play away from home early in the season, it's a recipe for a win for the team they're playing against, mm. not for them to play a, a pretty – Pretty simple game, and they scored what they had to do, but they came away with the three points, and it was the easiest three points they've had in ages. It was a second gear performance. Yes, and you don't, and I don't like to see it. And they did it with ten men and for nearly the 10, 50 minutes. The man advantage made zero difference the way to Brisbane's competitiveness okay. in this game. It was as insipid a okay, performance so I can remember. Who, seeing who wins for a long this game? Time. Well, uh, Western Sydney have got to be okay. the favourites. The Brisbane Raw have just had such a bad week. Like the, to go back to the question you asked me before, can Charlie Austin lift this team? Well, yeah, he can do that to an extent on the pitch, but Brisbane Raw's problems run far deeper than what's presently affecting yeah, them. I'm, on I'm the trying to stay off- away from what happened uh, on their Twitter sphere. Clearly, whoever runs their account needs a, a, a few. Um, um, uh, sharp lessons in uh, in letting things run for any length of time. In fact, it would have been a much better idea not to put it out uh, until they'd spoken to everybody in, involved, and that includes uh, the APL and, and Football Australia, because um, what came out was not the sort of talk uh, that uh, any club should be displaying or pursuing. Uh, 
to to limit their development squads to sixteen and above. That's just crazy stuff. Yeah, but that's enough. It's, it's let's a, let's leave that. Let's get back issue. to the program. Um, I think <clears throat> Ch- Charlie Austin. If anyone's going to do it, it will be him. But I still think the Wanderers have been okay. solid in the first two weeks. They they should win. Okay, Wanderers. Um, yeah, Sunday we've got Sunday. We've done the uh, the Melbourne Derby. Well, we technically haven't given predictions for that game. If, if we mean, will in a moment. We'll leave it to the okay. very last yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's good planning. Go Sydney Sunday. FC against Adelaide United. <sighs> Where's it being played? It's being played at Allianz. Being played at the brand new Allianz Stadium. Well, I tell you what, Sydney will deliver the goods. I think Brisbane. Uh, sorry, I think Adelaide are a couple of couple of weeks away from being in that in that wonderful zone. That when they get in there, they get really com- com- combative and uh, and uh, start playing some wonderful football. I think Goodwin is still a few weeks short of the the best form, so I'm going to go with Sydney, the home side. Claiming the points. Here's a question for you, George. Go on. We saw a crowd, I think, of about 21,000 for yes. the Big Blue, the return yep. to Allianz yep. Stadium. Yep. What do you think is a pass mark for Sydney in terms of an 15. attendance figure? 15. 15 for this game against Adelaide. Wow. That is, that's a high, I feel like that's a high bar. I'm telling you. I'd say... Excuse me. They've built a magnificent new stadium. Not true. they, the, the government of, of New South Wales. And they've been given the uh, unique privilege... Uh, along with uh, two other codes, Rugby League and Rugby Union. Mind you, did you see the brouhaha from the uh, Rugby League side? <clears throat> I did, but I think I'd, I'd prefer not to acknowledge it. Yeah, I know. That just goes to show you the the level of entitlement from the Rugby League club that thought it was their ground and how dare anybody else use it. Yeah. It's, it's almost – it smacks of uh, any time there are demands on the MCG – and we hear commentary from the AFL saying, oh, no, no, that's our ground. Just My response to them would be... Ron Barassi just crushing oh, the soccer ball. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that anyway. That always sticks around in Let's my get head. back to that uh, fixture list. Um, we're talking so, Sydney over Adelaide. You're thinking a draw? Oh, <clears throat> it's, a t- it's a really tough one. I almost lean towards Adelaide. <sighs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say draw. I think it's a one-all okay. draw. I'm giving you Sydney. Yeah, so enough. we move on. The okay. next contest. Uh, well, the final game of the round is Central Coast hosting Perth. And this will be their first legit game because the last one was wiped out because yeah, of the, their, their uh, the weather. Le- their first legitimate home game. <clears throat> and in their first legitimate home game, I think they should should win. I think there's still questions as to what involvement Garen Quoll will play, how much he'll play. He's back. Whether or not he starts is another matter altogether. Yeah, he'll play a role off the bench. He probably will play a role. I mean, it would be his first start in the A League Men's. I just remembered, but yeah, we we don't know to what extent he'll feature. But irrespective of whether he does or he doesn't, I still fancy Mariners to get the result. So they Central really Coast Mariners to beat Perth. Perth. Boy. I thought I thought Central Coast were really. Uh, good against Wellington. That was a great game. They were okay. maybe a bit unlucky to lose. All right, well, let's get now to the final game, and we're just almost time up at uh, on the program, and it's the derby, and it's victory against Melbourne City. Call it. I'm going to say City to win. Wow. Yeah. I'm calling victory to win. Wow. So there you go. That went in the reverse of the way that I expected it to. Well, and never, as they say in these storybooks, if you're talking broadcasting, you've got to keep people guessing. Yes. 
So there you go. Mate, we were hoping to have a special guest join us. Clearly there's been some problem. Well, let's hope that uh, Shay Connors is okay uh, and that, that uh, the uh, Zoom link did not go to the, um, um, the junk mail by mistake. But uh, let's try and get her on if we can in the next couple of weeks because we've still got a few weeks before the start of the brand new uh, Women's League. Indeed. The Liberty competition, which uh, you're very excited to look forward to. Yeah, nine out of ten, as All I right. said. Until next week. Farewell. Lockie Flanagan, George Denekin. And uh, once again, we thank you and our sponsors for the contribution they make each and every week. And uh, those, without those sponsors, programs like this one and a host of others simply wouldn't take place. Mm. Uh, almost five years. When's the birthday party? I'm not sure. You'd have to tell me, George. I'll have to get... Uh, I'm the, still waiting for my invite. What, what's, what size birthday cake do we, do we make? Do we, do we make it a grand t- tart? Well, the size I, of the desk? I, I hope so. I'm, I'm a very Enough hungry man now. I would like to see a cake <laughs> of that magnitude. Catch you next week. Moment. Thanks, Lockie. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.